0: We, we are a dance party in here. I, I wish you could have seen Fiddy, West because I know you're getting busy to this beat. Fiddy, even more so. It makes me happy. It's probably the thing that makes me most happy is when Fiddy starts dancing and getting lost in the moment to any of the beats that he plays.
1: That beat sounds like a cookout,
0: man. Oh, yeah,
1: 100%. You know what I'm saying? Meat on the
0: grill. Do you have a cookout playlist on Spotify or anywhere you
1: keep your music? I don't. I haven't had a cookout. I don't like inviting people over to my. Place. So who do you, do you just have a cookout by yourself? <laughs> Is <that all> you? <laughs> no, my girlfriend like she likes to host and 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 have people over stuff like that. And I'm like the curmudgeon. Like I don't want a bunch of people in the house. And but not you, that we live together, but just saying but I'm not the a, hosty guy. But you can go to a cookout and you oh, can bring your yeah. playlist with you. Yeah, no, I don't bring. My playlist can't be played. Unless I play my son's playlist, <laughs> mine can't be played. It's going to be inappropriate. Well, what does your son's playlist have on it? Right a lot now? of clean Kids songs. Bop 24? No, nah, we don't do that, but <laughs> there's a lot of clean uh, songs and pop songs. I apologize if I'm
0: offending anybody, but I'll tell you right now, even as a kid, I could not stand Kids Bop. Even as a child, when I heard those kids singing the biggest radio hits, like, what? is
1: this <laughs> and they, they alter some of the lyrics <laughs> i used to threaten my son with that i'm like if you can't be mature now i didn't play music with cursing but i was like if you can't be mature and listen to regular music we'll listen to kids bopping he'd be like no oh, i love that i love that as a
0: punishment the fact that i'm gonna make you listen to kids singing yeah. mainstream radio like, no hits. No. <laughs> no i, I want to hear rihanna like I right. want to hear her sing it. I don't exactly. want to hear some I don't want to yeah. hear an eleven year old sing it and then alter yeah. the lyrics. Yeah. I don't want any of that.
1: Yeah, I can't um I can't do the kids bop. But yeah, all his stuff he has clean rap songs and pop songs.
0: Is there a song that's like hilarious that he has on his playlist? That, uh, that you're like, okay, that's not anything that i would have on mine no most class. of it i
1: take from my stuff that i want to hear in the uh-huh. car with us and he ends up liking a good majority of it but right. we'll go through we used to do a thumbs up deal like he'd sit in the back and if he liked it he'd <laughs> give me a thumbs up if he didn't he'd be like no i don't want to hear that so that's where the old school comes in yeah. not as much cursing you know you got yeah. some I mean, or depending song, on what, yeah you or something to. that he may some that he may like um if it's a song that he really really is into but I curate his ear for the most
2: part.
0: I want to hear that. I, I have a little bit of a cookout playlist. That oh, yeah? I bring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. We can look at it a little bit There's later There's
2: definitely on. cookout songs oh, for sure. Or we can listen to it at your house because you said you can re- reverse sear steer a steak. I mean, I'm that, on the
0: invite. I'm saying that's my favorite way to eat a steak is to reverse sear it. And then so maybe at some point, right, like at some point, we can't have cookout now in February. We got to have cookout in summer months. So well, as warm as it's been this week, you could. Um, Still summer. You got to have a cookout in the summer. <laughs> I'm not going to have a cookout in February. Spring or two. And maybe even the summer. All right, let's get to <laughs> grading the top 10 players in this Super Bowl matchup between Kansas City and Philadelphia. I want to go, because this is the last time we're going to do this in, in you know, a long time. We could
1: do some XFL ones. One <laughs>
0: I'll let you do that. <laughs> you do the top ten players, and you can debate yourself, because I'm not going to do I looked do it. at
1: those rosters yesterday. Oh, God.
0: PJ Walker is my number one player. Get How about ready that? ready for...
1: Mm. Some some amateurs. I recognize maybe four players. I, it's funny to see some of the guys that are there. Didn't we see um... Jeremiah Gimmel's on there? That was one name I recognized. Okay, Oops. all the... <laughs> <laughs> Is that an owl? We just. Yeah, played? I saw Gimmel. I saw Matt Elam. I didn't recognize. Big Beasley was uh, on one
0: of the rosters. Was he not? Or yes, was that a different
1: we, league? No, that, that was that was XFL. And then I think um, I saw Paxton Lynch was on a team, but. It's very few and far between guys. No, You're going to recognize. Lynch,
0: goodness gracious. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the number one guy. The exact opposite of how Paxton you want to do
1: it. You want to do your first three, first let's, five. Let's what? go back and forth. Just right. see where it takes us. Let's okay. just go one,
0: one, one, one. Okay. Let's do that and see how it works. All right. Number one. I imagine we both agree, right? Yeah. Pat I'm Mahomes. Go we, we'd have a big debate. And, yeah. and by the way, this is with a roster full of number one players at their position yeah. in some of these. Right. And yeah. Pat Mahomes, who does not have the highest PFF grade at the quarterback spot. Mm-hmm. It does not matter. Pat, Mahomes is number one. No argument, correct? Yes. All right. So let's go to number two. Number two for me, it was really hard. This whole list is difficult. I'm going to disrespect. Hard. From I think so. Yeah. All right, you think I'm- it's easy to go number two here? Yeah. You, you're putting Travis Kelsey number two, aren't no. you? No. Okay. I got Chris Jones number two.
1: You're already mad at me? You're already on, mad at me. How can you me? put anybody above Jalen Hurt at two? The man's an MVP candidate. No, that's true.
0: If you're going this year, fine. But if you're talking about just overall careers, this is where we differ. This is how the debates start. And maybe the people (laughs) like it. But clearly, Jalen Hurts,
1: I love Jalen Hurts. If you want to go this year...
0: I mean, even Chris Jones was the number one. That's where we're guy going this year
1: coming into this game, who are the ten best players on the field in order. Jalen Hurts is the second best, there's no question about it. Oh if, my if you're goodness starting gracious. a franchise, if you're starting a franchise, you're that guy that makes the mock draft with a non quarterback at number one. No, I'll take Jalen Hurts. That's if you're fine. making a if you're building a franchise and you get to pick from the pool of of these forty four starters, no way you're not taking Jalen Hurts after passing. But that's that's different. That's talking about the most important
0: position. Well, that's how I, got I look you. at it. But, but if we're talking about best at their position and then rating the, those guys overall, Chris Jones was a monster this Chris season. Chris Jones could have three
1: sacks in this game and they still lose. Okay, I mean, I guess Jalen Hurts could go for 350. If Jalen Hurts plays bad, they get blown out. But if the, even if he plays well, they could get beat. This is true, but his his playing well is going to have more of an impact than Chris Jones is playing well. I'm not going to argue with you about what position <laughs> has a bigger impact. Let's go. Quarterback
0: right. has the biggest impact. Sure. So you got Jalen Hurts. Yes. And, and, and do you want to give us some of the accolades as to why Jalen Hurts is number Well, I mean, he's an MVP
1: two? candidate. We know all that he's done, the touchdowns, the rushing, the passing. Now, it is interesting. I don't think he's healthy. And that's why I think he's been lightly used. I think they've gotten into some fortunate situations with the Giants, able to jump on them early with the Niners. The Niners losing their quarterback early, not being able to give much pushback offensively. So it didn't put Hurts in a position. To really have to use that injured shoulder, I think this game will. So that's the only caveat I have on Jalen Hurts. You're gonna be mad at me for this. Is... <laughs> this be... man, this man. I know you ain't. You're gonna I know be you so do not. You, you got me using a Bonics on here talking it, about ain't. It, it, yeah, I mean, well, I
0: don't, that's not a Bonics. Yes, yes, ain't ain't is yeah. a Southern thing big time too. Uh,
1: plenty of people use ain't. But they use that all over the country though. Ain't. Well, they well, say I, ain't on the West Coast. Ain't on them. But that's what I'm saying. Okay. Like we, yeah. All know. right, let's go number. Three. We should do our
0: top ten words from Ebonics. <laughs> if you wanted to do that, I got Chris Jones number two. I got Travis Kelsey three. I got him up there. Where? What? Are you putting up a backup quarterback because it's the most important position? Cuz this not? You gonna fall go right in year? line
1: with him dissing so many really good players from this year with Kamara, Jamal Williams, Jared Goff. It doesn't matter what type of year you're having, what you're doing. Walker's gonna. The man MVP. One of the. Very, I put the MVP pretty much number one. the top reason you're in this game, but he's not even top three in the game. I put, right. I put the MVP number one. The so number three, you had Travis Kelsey. Right? I do. I All do. right, I have Travis Kelsey three two behind Jalen Hurts, the second best player in this, this game. Okay. <laughs> <All right>. you, <laughs> you give me number four. Who's number All four? Right, I got uh, Chris Jones. Okay, uh, I, dominant interior lineman. Yeah, right?
0: so so J- Jalen Hurts is going to be the biggest point of contention between us, because um, I have Jason Kelsey number four. I got the all other right,
1: Kelsey, that, brother. Come on now. Oh, you're going to be mad this at me. This man up for the offensive lineman. I did. In front of the quarterback. That's an MVP candidate. I could even give you Wes, if we're going- a pass if he wasn't an MVP candidate, didn't make the Pro Bowl, wasn't regarded as one of the best in the game right now. He's he's moved into top 10 quarterback. This
0: is all-encompassing. I agree. This is all-encompassing. Jason Kelsey's been in the league forever, and he's been dominating at the center spot. Mm. I mean, there there's levels to this a little bit. You gotta well, have I some guess, kind of I lane. guess if
1: Jalen Hurts goes out the game, they're
0: gonna be just fine. <sighs> hey, they beat your. Well, I mean, they were pretty <laughs> decent with Gardner Minshew. All right, no, I'm with you. I don't want to just, Don't make me disrespect Jalen Hurts. Oh. I got Jason Kelsey right. number four. Number five, I'm going another <laughs> offensive lineman. Okay. <laughs> I'm going. Uh, I'm going Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson hasn't allowed a sack in like 15 years. Okay, the right tackle. I'm telling a, you right now. Ooh, yeah, that, that is just like, yeah. so disrespectful yeah. for you yeah. to say something like that. With maybe a little exaggeration, but Lane Johnson has been insane. The right tackle. I'm trying to give your people, offensive linemen, that sounds awful out of context, but I'm trying to give <laughs> the offensive linemen, a, <laughs> I'm trying to give them a lot of love here, and you're just having nothing of it. Not a right tackle in the top five. But he's dominant. He is, but... Nobody gets past him. It doesn't matter if you put all pros next uh lined up to him. Like Lane Johnson's still dominant. All right, who's mm. your fifth guy?
1: I Reddick. Oh wow, okay. Uh you know, the season that he's had tremendous. When you talk about uh the sacks that he has sixteen of those, forty nine tackles, eleven tackles for loss, twenty six quarterback hits. He's a may just mayhem <laughs> off the edge.
0: Yeah, he's fantastic, no doubt. I got Jalen Hurts next. I put Jalen Hurts right after that, Chris. Jo- so, so for me right now, it's Pat Mahomes one, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. I got Jalen Hurts six, which I thought was actually pretty, pretty good respect,
1: honestly, for one year as an MVP candidate, like he's. His career is going to finish up there. He's such a nice guy. He would probably just smile and be like, well, you know, uh, I'm glad that you just put me in your top six. That, that's how Jalen Hurts is. That's what he would say. But in his head, he would say, this stupid bleepity bleep 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 <laughs> bleep, bleep, <laughs> bleep put me at number six. I can't
0: believe this. I, I I I play, I promise you, I was here praising Jalen Hurts
1: this offseason. I was like, y'all, he's going to be a great quarterback. I, I, well, good quarterback. You're, you're the lifetime achievement award. It puts a guy in the Pro Bowl, the All-Star Game when they're averaging eight points because they were once an all-star, once a a premier player.
0: Travis and Jason were the number one rated players at their position, along with uh, Chris Jones.
1: All right, I I got you. you. Well, Jason was number
0: two, but still.
1: Number six, I went with – I started going to the offensive line. I went Creed Humphrey, the number one center in the league uh, right now, according to PFF, quarterback of the Chiefs offensive line, is number one in pass block rate. So I went with Big Creed as uh, my number six not michael b jordan creed but creed humph <laughs> so i have a.j brown after jalen hurts
0: here's why i have a.j brown i want to talk about him just a little bit more because think about how much he did for mm-hmm. that team coming over this year. Yeah. Do you think Philadelphia is in this spot if A.J. Brown is not on that team? Well, I don't think so.
1: what I know is he hasn't done much of anything in the playoffs, and they're still in the Super Bowl. So that's what I say about big-time wide receivers. I love wide receivers. If I could have played another position, it, seems like it. it would have been wide receiver, And you would but have been at the, out of your own top ten. <laughs> but at the end of the day, He's done virtually nothing in these playoffs, and they're in the Super Bowl. Well, that's because they're running with the dominant offensive line, and I respected him, unlike you. Correct. That's what I'm saying. So that's why he's not. I got him in mind as well, though, but my number seven is Jason Kelsey, brother of Travis. I have him in there. You
0: finally respecting offensive yeah, linemen. Finally, finally. finally. The here.
1: second best center in the NFL uh, analytically. So, yeah, well, I have PFF him. PFF-wise, yes. yes. Number right. eight. You want me? We rotate. Yeah, that's fine. Your, Go ahead. Number eight. That's why I put AJ Brown in there. I've got Wes,
0: th- this is this is what leads to debate okay. because you are not here for one one slot misplacement for any of these players. I had AJ Brown one spot ahead of you, ahead of you <laughs> and you looked at me like I did the worst thing ever. Jalen Hurts, I get. We can be very far apart on our opinions about him this year, but when you're talking about AJ Brown. You're raking him one spot behind, and you wanted to yell at me. You chastised me you went off on me. Yeah. That was ridiculous. I got Creed Humphrey coming up next, so that, that's the other player that I have. Pat Mahomes, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Creed Humphrey, who you okay, got?
1: Okay, so we're up against this, so we're going to have to get through this one quick. Uh, number nine, I have a big hard I mean, any interior defensive lineman, it can do what he can do when you're talking uh, 10 tackles for loss, 11 sacks, 16 quarterback hits from the interior defensive line spot. That's pretty dominant, so I got him there.
0: Yeah, 100%. I actually agree with you i i I value interior pass rush um oh excuse me no i i have him the next i have a son reddick in here so i have a son reddick ahead of him because of what he did and then i have javon hargrave right after that so i agree going to Uh, the philadelphia eagles defensive line
1: and then i have uh josh sweat who led the eagles in tackles for loss at 15 plus 11 sacks and 23 quarterback hits so he is my last guy. All right. Any honorable mentions here? That's the the top ten for uh, both of I us? I mean, there's a lot of guys honorable mentions. I Sneed, wanted to throw Brandon of. Graham was probably yeah. my biggest snub, and then I guess when we come back, that can tell us who won. Okay. Yeah. Graham
0: was there. Legereus Sneed. I left him off, and I'm really a, a fan of his game, but we can get to some of those other players, and Wes can yell at me for not putting Jalen Hurts number two overall. That
1: might have I- been your biggest... No, don't say. Biggest that. He- snub of the year. <laughs>
0: he came in at six. Yeah. Over number one players at their position. It's Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 two seven WFNZ. jason walker sports radio 92.7 wfnz text us via the garage door guru text line 704-570-9610 gonna read some of the text and then we can get to fitty's evaluation on how we were able to pick the top 10 players in the super bowl matchup 919 number wrote in walker's voice cracks are legendary i don't know if i've ever heard a grown man with a voice that low crack as much as that have you guys noticed that would you agree no, with that? Sometimes
1: assessment? I guess I don't notice it at ton.
0: It can get high pitch when you get a little crazy with your evaluations. Yeah, Wes. I think yeah, that's what bro, it is for I me. I
1: think this year, my evaluations have been pretty sturdy. <laughs> three,
0: three, six hmm. number wrote in 100% reverse sear is the way to go. Also sounds more complicated than it really is. Um, Myron Goodman said that you can have a cookout anytime. So also in February agreeing with you there. Fitty bagel guy did ask this about Jalen hurts. Someone please ask Wes, what has Hurts done in these last two playoff games when you were arguing about A.J. Brown, which you got for uh, Baker Guy writing that question. I said something
1: about that if he was listening. I said the fact that that shoulder, I said that he was able to be hidden a little bit because they jumped on the Giants early, used that running game, Mm -hmm. so he didn't have to throw a lot. And then against San Francisco, again, they lost their quarterback very early in the game. They were able to put up points and and use their run game again.
0: But that also took away from A.J. Brown in the playoffs, right?
1: A little bit. Well, I mean, if it takes away Jalen, then it takes away from AJ Brown. Yeah, and we argued about that but for But I'm just saying slide. they could, they could, they can get by without ha- AJ Brown having big games.
0: Wolfpack James said, "I love how the offensive lineman is against them being ranked so high." Uh, R.Y. Daddy said, OK, Walker's a Chiefs fan this weekend. We get it. Hey, I had some Eagles in there. I put I put some Eagles in there. I just put Jalen Hurts a little bit further. Did you
1: have down. More I only have four Chiefs.
0: I had. So the amount of Eagles I had, I had Hargrave, Reddick, Brown. There's three. Hurts, four. Just further down. And then Lane Johnson. Yes. Yeah, even split. It's just I had a lot of Chiefs uh, right there. Oh, and Kelsey. I had more. I had more Eagles. I just had the first three.
1: I had six, four Eagles.
0: Kansas City Chiefs. Um, No love for Butker. That's Wes's job. No love for Harrison Butker. He's actually not been great this year, though. If you look at some of his numbers, he's not been fantastic. And then the last one we'll get to. uh, Formal Tim. I I love it because it's Formal Tim. He wrote in, actually, ain't originated in Wales, England. Tim said that. We were trying to give credit to the South or... Abonics, as you would say.
2: It's a whale of a word.
0: It really is. <laughs> Thank you, Fiddy. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Feel free to text us. All right, Fiddy, give us the evaluation, then we can move on to Mitch Kupchak. Who won that one?
2: I actually like your list better, Walker. Because yeah. I don't, come on, fam. I, I don't. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is the definition of a system quarterback. Oh, you oh go, no, 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 uh, don't agree. Don't don't you, go that far. You go, you go and put him in. Uh, let's just you go and put him in Chicago. He looks like what Justin Fields looks like. He's not taking that team to the playoffs. Well, He's in a is? great system with a great line, great running backs, and great wide receivers. So
0: he took he took my take and then he ran with it. Right. I didn't want that. I didn't mean for any of that to happen, Jalen. I'm right. sorry. I'm really so I can only blame myself. I apologize. Let's all listen to Wes's opinion on Jalen Hurts. <laughs> and uh, even if I get the win, it feels like a dirty win. All right, Wes, take us to the
1: some no, I Mitch mean, just the fact. Oh, OK, yeah, yeah. Well, no, all that's right, fine. I what else will. do you have? No, no I was good. just going to say uh I don't have anything else on this. Let's just go. <laughs> that by Fitty was just awful. He I, give us he give us right arm to have Jalen Hurts over Dak Prescott.
2: No, I wouldn't. Come on, man. I, I'd give my right arm to have the roster Philadelphia has in in Philly in Dallas. I wouldn't trade him for Dak Prescott.
0: I like Dak Prescott too. So I'm. I don't know what I believe anymore. To be honest with you.
1: I guess you guys like chokers. But anyway, um, all I know is the guy's on the cusp of a Super Bowl, and Dak Prescott won't sniff it. So, mm, go figure. Mm. Anyway, yeah, I know mm, you can't say anything else, but, mm. Mm. I but mean, anyway. He's, um,
2: he's, he's, I mean, so are, <laughs> are you picking the Eagles to win because you said he's on the cusp of a Super Bowl? He's already made it. I know he hasn't won the damn thing.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying he's on the cusp of, let me say, potentially winning mm. a Super Bowl. Sorry, Dak Prescott won't sniff that. So anyway, uh, Ms Kupchak had his presser today. He talked about a lot of uh, stuff to explain and kind of calm down some of the emotion that Hornets Nation had yesterday. So let's start with some of them. First off, the one that should be able to get our blood pressure down. He was saying that uh, talking about rebuilding and he wants to indeed sign most of their veterans back. That's why we didn't see them traded.
3: Well, it's not from scratch. We've still got 25 games. I think we're going to make progress. I think you'll, you know, look at the young players and you'll see them make progress from now till the end of the season. Uh, we are going to into the season next year with veterans. You know, it's going to believe, believe it or not, it's going to be right Melo's third year. Right. Um, we hope to be able to bring back some of our veteran free agents, if not all of them.
0: So what's interesting here is the fact that P.J. Washington is I guess considered a veteran now. And it's weird because you view him as a younger player, but he is going to a second contract and you're talking about him going into a fifth season. So when I, I think most people, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I, I thought most people also agreed with this. When you think veterans, you think of Terry Rozier, think of Gordon Hayward. You think of even a Mason Plumlee before he was traded, but I have no problem with wanting to resign PJ. It's all under the caveat of how much money it's going to take but I have no problem with them wanting to re-sign PJ. I thought Jalen McDaniels, who also going into his fifth year, by the way, would have been a veteran. If it was their inclination that they were going to bring him back, then they couldn't have felt too strongly about him if they were willing to trade him for just one second round pick in return. So I'm glad that he said some of this stuff. You know, he considers Mello a veteran too, so... Okay, I mean, of course you're going to have him back, but yeah, I don't know what you think about him saying we do plan on re-signing some of these unrestricted free agents and bringing them back aboard.
1: Well, I think he recognizes where he is. He knows he's in Charlotte. He knows that he can't just go out and just pluck whatever players that he wants to come join his team, nor as he said before, mortgage the future to go out and sell out to try to get uh, some guys that may be all-star caliber players. So I think he knows that, Hey, we have a good nucleus here. He wants to stick with it. And so that then led to his comments uh, about Terry and Gordon Hayward and overreacting to the season. Obviously I'm not going to speculate
3: and share information about teams that may have, or may not have called about those two players. Um, but we knew pretty much leading up to the trade deadline. And, and there's always a, a surprise or two, an hour or two before the trade deadline. But we knew pretty much leading up to it that um, that wasn't a direction that we were going to go. I mean, that's, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, right? we got to be careful not to assume that what happened this year is a fair representation of where this team really is. OK, so what I'm saying is um, if we had a couple if we were healthy this year relatively and our team was intact and we had the season that we're having right now, you know something that then maybe you got to look to make a big move. I didn't feel we didn't feel that the way the season played out to date was something, you know, that we had to react quickly on.
1: I think that when he says that, I think about the fact that, of course, the injuries played into this heavily. And I think what he really wanted to say, too, was if we had Miles Bridges uh, along with this roster. Now, coming into this season, did I think the Hornets were going to make the playoffs uh, after Miles got in trouble? No, I did not. But I thought if they came back intact and made some tweaks, because I thought that, if they were able to have a normal offseason and then make some tweaks to the roster, I thought that they may have a chance. And so I think that's kind of what he's getting at without fully getting to it. I think he's like, hey, you know, we're going to see what this offseason is looking like. And I don't want to put words in his mouth or whatever, but I just think that he's trying to say with the injuries and not having miles, this kind of changed the complexion of things. And it's hard for them to get a gauge on where everybody's at based off all that's happened well i'm scared and i'm also
0: understanding of the philosophy this is something mitch Kupchak has talked about every single season he is always very careful to say that you don't want to read too much into the year that you had and i generally agree with that when you talk about a team that was at at one point last year fourth in the eastern conference standings even mitch Kupchak said We can't get too far ahead of ourselves and say we belong here. This is not the real Charlotte Hornets. Even Mitch Kupchak said that. He's been brutally honest in his tenure where he would talk about we don't have any all-stars on this team. We need to preserve talent. We're not talented enough to make a move like that. We can't draft for need. We just need to draft good players. He's been brutally honest. And so he was like that last year, even when they were at one point top four. Right. And here he is saying it again when they are so far down in the NBA standings, including the Eastern Conference standings. This is why I'm scared, though. Gordon Hayward is only getting older as an injury prone guy. I've said it a couple of times. Every second of his life, he probably gets a little worse. And that's just how the normal aging process works. He's not LeBron James. Okay. He's not one of these superstars like Kevin Durant that you hold on to for dear life because they're just that special. Gordon Hayward was an awesome player in the NBA. He was really good when he's on the court. He's closer to that $30 million value a year than he is from it. Right. Still probably overpaid for him, even for a healthy Gordon, no doubt, but the dude's getting older. Yeah. And so if he's healthy next year, what is the gap in your expectations from what happened this season to next year? To me, it's still competing, not winning, not foregone conclusion getting there. It's competing for a play-in spot. Terry Rogier, probably getting worse every year. He's starting to get a little bit older. As crazy as that seems, he's getting a little older. And his contract, his extension, it just kicked in this season. Defensively, never been great. He's shooting a lot better recently but if you look at the defensive numbers as far as how it affects a team, it's pretty bad. And offensively, we've seen him go through big-time cold stretches before. And I like Terry Rogier and what he's done for this team. But money-wise, payroll probably doesn't make a lot of sense. So I, at, at this point, you're hoping Mitch drafts Wimby, and you have Lamelo healthy and ready to go. We'll see what happens with Miles. We'll see what happens with PJ. And you can absolutely be better than this year. But Wes, how much better? Like, top six? Because I don't know if I see that. Wimby is the one that gets you there. And if you don't have Wimby, then I'm not sure how much that gets you there with without the, the Frenchman that he's scouting right now in Paris.
1: I feel like as close as we get, the closer that we get to the draft, man, the tension is just going to be. Well, the closer we get to the draft lottery. Uh, the tension is just going to be palpable because this is such an important draft for the Hornets because a lot is going to hinge on them getting one of those two picks. Now, we know, I've told you I'm not as big on Scoot, but with Wemby, if they have a chance to get him and they're in that top three lottery position, it's going to be tremendous because he's the guy that's going to take them to the next level. If they come back next year with the full team intact, They'll be better for sure. There's no question about it. But is it better to the point that you want to be in? It's almost in that that gray area. And I think that's what you're looking at, a gray area basketball team, if they're intact and healthy, especially with moves that were made, the Eastern Conference being better, uh, the Eastern Conference being tougher top to bottom. So that's not necessarily the things uh, that you want to hear. And then – Talking about P.J. and free agency and Jalen McDaniels and why that move was made. Let's play that one as well. Yes, absolutely a factor. P.J.'s
3: a free agent, right? Kelly is a free agent. Uh, Nick Richards is a free I mean, we have multiple players that are free agents. They're tough decisions. You know, you've just got to be careful. You got to make sure that if you are going to really load up a player, you know, it's the right player.
1: Well, I mean, uh, those are some decisions that they will have to make, and I would imagine some of those guys are going to garner some competition on the open market, mainly Kelly if he's able to come back, finish the season strong. Nick Richards is a good young big that people like as well. There may be somebody out there that wants to give him a bigger role. Who knows? So there are some uh, decisions that need to be made. But I just think that McDaniels, I, I said I would give long and hard thought to him maybe if you had to make the choice between which one you wanted to keep, I feel like McDaniels would be cheaper. uh, And he's shown a lot of potential as opposed to PJ and what you might have to pay him.
0: The the thing I would say though, is that you really don't have to make the decision. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have talked about either, or it doesn't have to be that way. I'm in the business of Signing good contracts, extending good contracts to players, maybe not even necessarily fantastic players, right? That's not what PJ is, not what Jalen is. You got one untouchable asset on this roster that's already grown legs, and that's Lamelo Ball. Okay. The other ones are your first-round picks, which they didn't want to attach to any veteran contracts like Terry Rozier in order to shed that salary. Same thing with Gordon Hayward. Makes total sense. Do not give up any first-round picks to do that. If that was the only way to get off of, of that money, that was the right decision. But you didn't have to trade Jalen McDaniels so you could sign P.J. And to be honest with you, you didn't even have to do that if you really wanted to keep P.J., Jalen, and Miles Bridges once this NBA investigation is all over and done with. yes. More money allocated to a core of a team that is not very good. I understand maybe only wanted to keep one or two of those guys. But to me, those are the contracts that are worth exploring, right? Because what, this is why I was angry at some of the contract extensions that they put forth a couple of years ago. Those are, those are big just even in a vacuum. I mean, you're talking about Terry Rogier making over $20 million a year. You're talking about Gordon coming off of the books after next season, but that was a big contract at the end of the year. Those yeah. big contracts, that's what limits what you can do with your ceiling. LaMelo Ball, rookie scale contract right now, it's not nearly the effect that a rookie scale contract for a quarterback can do in the NFL, but that still matters. When you have LaMelo coming out and helping you win right away, like that was the narrative on him as he would win rookie of the year. And then you weren't able to put together pieces. You descended this season. A lot of that out of your control. Some of it within your control. You know, Mitch Kupchak even said the young players did not respond well outside, um, you know, even around LaMelo. And then LaMelo maybe even included in some of that. I don't know how much clarity we got, to be honest with you. I don't know the direction full-fledged what the charlotte hornets are going to do we know they're going to be a team that has a very high draft pick yeah and if you're interested i just did the sim draft lottery a few times oh man
1: how many times did we get wimby that's all that matters
0: it took me three times to get the number one overall pick okay so all i did was click it three times and then i clicked it five just for a good round number as well and i got it twice in five clicks there was one time I got the second. There was one time I got the seventh. Oh, I mean, can you imagine? if they get the seventh, just <laughs> turn the laughing. TV off. Fiddy is laughing at the face that I just my head would explode. I wouldn't be able to do radio anymore. I wouldn't have a mouth.
1: Yeah. If you exploit, get the seventh, but. man, just turn the TV off. I mean, I know it's going to be a halftime of the oh, Eastern no, conference will. finals. You know, the Dallas Cowboy
0: fans that throw things through their TV screens when they right. lose. I would be that if I see the Charlotte Hornets
1: logo come out of the letter. Yeah. I'd be all right, buy TV. I don't care. Done. <laughs> I'm not watching anymore. Man, that would be one of the biggest travesties, man. I mean, just awful. You know especially like, if they have the proper odds. If if you were to if you were to
0: be logical about this, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not acting logical about it, but if you were, this is a crazy deep draft class. It's it's not just Wimby, right? Mm-hmm. Wimby is an insane talent. We've never seen anything like him before, so that's why we all want him. But it's, it's a really deep draft class, and to have multiple picks, that does matter. I, I give value to that. But at the same time, to be six spots away from the guy that is so generational, yeah, I would lose it. I, I would ha- it just means so much to a team like the Charlotte Hornets to get somebody like that on the roster alongside LaMelo. Yeah, that would mean a lot.
1: It's tremendous, especially with all the heartbreak from lotteries of the past. So, uh, Fitty, what are the odds that we get a Fitty Flash right here?
2: I think think they're 100%.
0: I'm pressing the tankathon. Oh, yeah. Fitty Flash, number one, baby. That's what you are.
2: (laughs) Before I get to my headline, I do want to let you guys know that the big game is here, and it's time to party with your friends right here at Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Join Travis T. Bone Hancock, myself, and Flounder for our big game viewing party at Carolina Ale House, the South Charlotte location at 7404 Waverly Walk Avenue. We'll start at 5.30 p.m. Of course, the game starts at 6.30 on over 50 TVs with fresh, afford, uh, fresh award-winning wings and beer, plus big game drink specials. We'll have tickets, giveaways, and one lucky WFNZ listener will win a brand new TV courtesy of Planet Kia. So join us this Sunday, February 12th, for the big game viewing party at Carolina Alehouse. The Waverly location, only from Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. My headline is something I wanted to get to you guys yesterday, but with all the all the breaking news around the NBA trade line, I was not able to get this. But in Darice, uh, uh, in DeMaurice Smith's media availability, this week ahead of Sunday Super Bowl, he's the NFL PA rep. He called for the end of the NFL scouting combine in favor for regional pro days put on by maybe even the PA, the nfl pa themselves when asked why he's in favor he said quote as soon as you show up you have to waive all of your medical rights and you're not and you not only have to sit there and endure embarrassing questions and I think that's horrible and I don't want to poo-poo any of that, but, you, but would, would you want your son to spend hours inside of an, uh, an uh, MRI machine and then be evaluated by 32 separate team doctors who are, by the way, only doing it for one reason, to decrease your draft value?
0: I mean, yeah, It's look, I don't know enough about the kind of things that go behind the scenes with this NFL Combine stuff, but if there's a reason that the players in the association would like to have this a little bit more on their own terms because they feel there's just too much control from the league and the teams themselves, I would understand wanting some type of compromise here because if you think about it, the medical evaluation, I guess if you have those evaluations with a little bit of an injury history and the doctor says, okay, it's a little bit better than I thought, then that would increase your value more so. But more often than not, DeMora Smith is right. The fact that you do have some of those, it only decreases your draft stock. That takes money out of your pocket, and I understand, and so I wonder if there could be some kind of compromise. Of course, not having done a ton of research behind the scenes on this, not knowing exactly what goes on behind closed doors.
1: I agree with DeMora Smith, especially about the interviews and the questioning. Now, as a viewer, I do enjoy watching the combine, but these guys do two workouts, and I never quite understand – why they have to do so much, especially when you're talking about just turn on the tape. They can have a workout at their schools to show you what they've got going on and then move on from there. So when we come back, we will talk Queens basketball with Mike Glennon, Queens play-by-play guy. I promise that he is not uh, one of the Glennon brothers that played quarterback. Yeah, not the quarterback, no. Yeah, he's, 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 he's not gone not gotten a into uh,
0: Division I <laughs> mid-major play-by-play announcing.
1: Yeah, so go get a drink, some chips, whatever you need, and come on back as Wes Walker Sports Radio ninety two seven <laughs> WFNZ.
0: Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Let's keep the basketball conversation going. We'll just switch it up a little bit from the NBA to some college basketball by welcoming Mike Glennon, the voice of Queens Men's Basketball, to the Bodyworks Plus Guest Hotline. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Good to talk to you again about some Queens basketball. How are you doing?
4: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, we uh getting ready for a big game against Bellarmine tomorrow, that's for sure.
0: Uh, that's one where I've had multiple people in the office ask, hey, when is Bellarmine coming into town? Because they want to see the basketball not hit the floor once in this offensive <laughs> set that they run. How crazy is it watching that program? And then especially when they're playing against a team like Queens that gets up and down the floor as quick as anybody in the league.
4: You know, it's going to be very interesting, that's for sure. And I, I was able to kind of watch what they did last year in the A-Sun, and I think that different brand of basketball definitely caught some off guard. And, of course, it led to them going on and winning the conference championship. Didn't get the automatic bid, but uh, definitely a change of pace. But like you said, with the way Queens runs up and down the floor, it's going to be interesting to watch because with that passing first mentality, it slows it down a bit. How does Queens react to that defensively? But of course, how do they all of a sudden switch right back into that offensively? And that is uh, a riddle that Grant Leonard is going to have to solve. And I do not envy him. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. That tip is, uh, by the way, is going to be at one o'clock tomorrow here. So go check it out. If you like fun basketball, that's what the a Sun is. That's what Queens basketball is. And it's been that way for quite some time. And it's even proven to be true as they make that jump to division one, Mike, Mike, you got to call games for the division two level. And now as they enter their first year in division one, I've said it a million times. And sometimes people roll your eyes like, look, they're not going to believe a D two program can get to D one and really compete. That's exactly what Queens is doing. Not only are they competing, they're in the middle of a conference that also welcomes Kind of historic programs when you're just talking about the last 10 years, like a Florida Gulf Coast. We all remember Dunk City and what they did. Bellarmine really got a lot of eyeballs last year. And here's Queens right in the thick of things in conference play. If they lose, it's usually by like just a couple of buckets here and there. What have you made of this transition to D1, Mike?
4: Well, and you mentioned a couple of teams there. And then, of course, funny enough, the 10-year anniversary of Dunk City this year. But uh, that being said, I think that's one thing that has definitely impressed me with watching this team this season is, yes, they knew going into this year, making that transition, it's a different caliber of basketball, not to take anything away from the Division Two level because they faced some of the best mm-hmm. game in and game out at Division Two. But definitely going into this season, how are they going to react? How is that going to transfer in? Of course, bringing back the nucleus of this team that has been so critical to the success and has made this the winningest program in the state of North Carolina at any level over the last better part of a decade was crucial going to this uh, new level. And like you said, besides two games this season, every loss has come by single digits. And you can talk to Grant Leonard, you talk to any player on this team Couple of different decisions, couple of different calls go their way uh, as opposed to the opposite. And all of a sudden, they're in a 20 to 23 win season right now. So I think uh, they've surprised a lot. And one thing I love about Grant Leonard is he loves this team to go out and play with a chip on their shoulder. Since day one of the coaches' poll and the media poll, the A's done, they were picked 13th and 14th, respectively, in those polls. Those have hung in the locker room. They continue to do that today despite being one of the top six teams right now in the league.
0: I mean, yeah, you mentioned some of those losses that they've had by double digits. One came against Nebraska, by the way, on the road, and one came in like what their fourth, fifth game of the season. It's been a long time since they've lost by double digits. And these games have been so fun. We know the style that has pretty much been adopted by Grant Leonard from Bart Lundy and uh, Bart Lundy and those two guys have been coaching together for quite some time. I did want to shed light on a premier player here in the area people might not know about. Kenny Dye leads this team in points per game, assists per game, field goal percentage, and he has been someone that's going to set just a million records during his time here playing Queens basketball. Mike, what has he meant to this program? I
4: mean, I I don't know if I have enough time to talk about how much he's meant to this program. You know, you look at it and You and I, Walker, were talking about this last night in the game. With him in the starting lineup, they're 111-27. and I mean, just let that sit for a minute and understand the kind of value he puts uh, to this roster and to this team and this program. Like you said, he'll leave here with the game's played record, game started, Um, he's top 10 in scoring, top 2 in assists. Uh, I mean, the, the accolades go on, but I think more importantly is the kind of mental prowess he brings to this game. One of the smartest players you'll see at any level, no matter how long you watch this game, that the quote-unquote basketball IQ is just through the roof with Kenny Dye. Uh, And his patience is something that, honestly, I wish I could apply to my own life. Uh, in terms of the patience, but, I mean, he is just never rattled. Doesn't no matter what happens in a game, they can be down 40 or up 40. He is always the same amount of locked in, and his patience is just invaluable to this team. And, you know, it's one thing, Grant Leonard is a huge analytics guy, but he will be the first one to tell you he doesn't care about analytics when it comes to Kenny Dye because Kenny Dye is the mentally and emotional uh the catalyst for this team in terms of whether they win or lose. And uh, he is involved in every single play and rightfully so. And Mike West Bryant
1: here and talking about his running mate, AJ McKee, both of these guys averaging around 16 points per game. Just talk about them as a duo and how much they've been carrying this basketball team this season, what they bring to the table.
4: Well, you yeah, know, I'm so excited for A.J. watching him come out of the shell in terms of offense this year. He's always been one of the most tremendous defenders in the nation. Uh, last year, Division Two, pound-for-pound, best on-ball defender in the country. This year, carried that over, but he also unlocked that scoring. I mean, both these guys are North Carolina State champion high school players. Both of them were very highly prized recruits coming to this program. A.J. is just such a steady offensive presence this season and has been such a compliment to Kenny of Kenny not having to do everything himself. It gives him a an ability to rack up those assist numbers. I think the thing that has impressed me most about AJ is it's not just the amount of or the ability, I should say, to shoot the jump shot. But he is fearless when he attacks the bucket and just goes constantly in and out, can make some of the most acrobatic shots you'll ever see. Uh, And funny enough, he is the only player, and that includes the likes of Darius McGee, a guy that will be playing a lot at the NBA level, I would imagine, over the next few years. Uh, He is the only guy in the a Conference to score in double figures in every single game this season and just shows you day in and day out why he was so prized as a recruit and uh why they continue to have him out there in the starting lineup but it's just been amazing to watch him come out of his shell offensively and really can hit it from anywhere on the court yeah you talk about
1: hitting it anywhere on the court and they have four players that shoot 38 or better from three as an announcer does it make you excited just knowing that the way these guys can shoot they're virtually never out of a game
4: uh, absolutely, and it's it, it none has been. You know, it's one of those things that Division Two. II- they were they were usually up a lot in the second half. Never really had to play from behind. This year, though, they've had to play from behind a lot in the second half, but that's the thing. They were down in the very first A-Sun game, down 16 points uh, In to Austin P came back, won that in the second half. Same thing goes. Through. We look all the way back to November the 7th in their first game against Marshall. Down double digits until about 10 minutes left in the second half. Put it all together, and that's where that defense really starts to come into play as well. When they tighten up as a squadron, Defensively, they absolutely wreak havoc. In that Austin P game, they held a team that scores seventy-five points a game to no points for over ten minutes in that game, and were able to come back and win. So, yeah, the ability to shoot. Another guy that you know we talked about time and time again. You talk about shooting the three ball. You have a big man who stands 6'8", over 220 pounds, and B.J. McLaurin able to shoot it well over 40% from three-point range. And then Chris Ashby, a big-time get this year from the JUCO level, was number two in the nation in the JUCO level last year in shooting the three-point shot. He's been invaluable in terms of coming off the bench and shooting the three, but in the absence of a guy like Gavin Raines, B.J. McLaurin is allowed to stretch the floor a bit and step back beyond the arc, shoot the three, but he can also rebound as well.
0: Queens is a lot of fun. Go check them out tomorrow. One o'clock tip time against Bellarmine. And by the way, that program, it, it's true. They don't dribble. They just pass it all over <laughs> the place. And then Queens is running back and down the floor. It's a lot of fun. Kenny he die? See some of these guys that have been so good for quite some time. And we appreciate Mike Glennon, the voice of Queens men's basketball, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. I'm excited about tomorrow's game, Mike. I'll talk to you then.
4: Me too. Thanks so much, guys. We'll appreciate
0: the time. Absolutely, go, no, check it. If if you like if you like basketball, man, it's so much fun. Like D two, they were whooping up on everybody, so it was like it'd be a thirty one and four record. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they would it'd be thirty two and three. They they'd always get pretty far in the in the tournament. This year in Division one, the second half is not consisting of blowouts they're all one possession games and the pace is crazy i i'm the color analyst i can't get a word in edgewise because i gotta let mike do his job and then when there's a dead ball i can finally talk a little <laughs> bit and give some analysis it's a lot of fun go check it out tomorrow again 1 p.m plenty more games to go this season one more hour to go here on weston walker sports radio 92.7 wfnz